Welcome to the award-winning Disrupt Education podcast, a podcast that explores the latest innovations and trends in the world of education. I'm your host, Peter Hostrosser, along with Allie Privet. We're both educators. Okay, one of us is a former educator, and we were tired of the status quo and wanted to create a space where we could have conversations that aren't always in the public eye. Join us as we talk to other disruptors, educators, researchers, and thought leaders who are pushing the boundaries and challenging the way we were taught. We're thrilled you're here to be part of a not-so-underground movement to disrupt and amplify the good pieces in education. Whether you're a teacher, a parent, or a lifelong learner, there's a story for everyone on Disrupt Education. We're here each week to bring you stories from all over the globe of people doing education differently. Buckle your seatbelt, get on the disruptor plane as we climb to altitude before letting this episode free fall straight to your ears. Hey, it's Peter Hostrauser here. And hey, I want to tell you something about how I am actually disrupting education. Yeah, I'm moving forward with portfolios on spikeview.com. If you head over to spikeview.com, Basically, what we're teaching our students to do is actually to create a skills-based portfolio around their interests, through their passions, and what they're good at. It's called the strength-based approach. So basically, what we do is we build up our students and have them understand what they're good at and what they're interested in by the time they leave our high school. But it doesn't stop there. It's a K through gray. So if you want your students to continue to build their strengths in this day and age where resumes are dying and to show more and more about who they are, what they do, and they actually control all the data behind it, guess what? SpikeView is the place for you. Head over to spikeview.com, check it out. Let me know if you need anything because I tell you what, I have used this with my own family and my students. Check out spikeview.com today. Allie. It's number 300. 300. I mean, that is incredible. So big congratulations to you, Peter. I mean, yes to the podcast, but like nods to you because you started this 300 weeks ago. (laughs) And that's incredible. First of all, I just want to give pauses like... I don't know what the exact stat is, but I have heard that most podcasts, you know, they'll do like a season or 10 episodes and anything above that puts you in like the, I want to, let's just say 5% category. And then if you cross like a hundred episodes, it's like, like 1% of, of that percentage. (laughs) So like 300 episodes of all the podcasts out there. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm so thankful to be part of the team, but kudos to you for doing podcasting for 300 episodes. (laughs) There are days, (laughs) there are days, but honestly, um, this last year, um, as we're keeping, this is right around one year, uh, as well. And, and like the, the topics just get deeper, better. The conversation is better. Um, and it's it's amazing. And um, well, we brought somebody back from way back. Um, I believe it was 2016 when episode one went out. And if you haven't heard it, I'm linking it right to this episode. Derek Griffin is here with us. Number one. How you doing? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Number 300. How does that hold up? Number 300. Like, come on. That's incredible. Like, 
I can't even begin to put into words. Um, you know, our journey stems back eight years plus ago now. And here we are, you know, six years later from the first episode ever. Um, yeah. And I mean, you talk about growth, you talk about stories for days and days on end um, to be able to have this experience and to be able to share the space with you once again. It's incredible, man. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your 300 episode. I'm excited. Well, thank you for having the guts to do the first one. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, and, no regrets. No regrets. And, Looking back at it, it's like, oh my goodness. Yes, I'm excited. It's it's funny <laughs> because, um, yeah, we talk about reflection a lot and I know we're going to go there. Um, but Ali, you're, you've come in a year and you, you've seen the first episode. So launch those questions. What's, what's the first question you got to ask this guy? I've been there with him kind of, you know, in and out of his journey. Um, but it's kind of cool because you have a fresh sense of, okay, this is what happened six years ago. Yeah. So this question is to, to both of you really. So like walk our listeners through like, you know, how did you, you know, like, how did you choose Derek to be the first guest? You know, like what was, what was kind of like your prep or, you know, like, was there prep? Like, you know, I mean, just like walk me through what you remember from before airing, you know, Peter and then Derek, like you being asked to do this and, you know, just to give some context that maybe like our listeners don't know about, like, how did this thing get started? Yeah, um, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. No, <laughs> so, um, when uh, I, you know, I, I know I've said this part before when I went on an EF tour with uh, Tyrone Williams and Lindy Novotny um, and came coming back from seeing Sir Ken Robinson speak uh, in Switzerland, taking kids across Europe. That's where the disrupt education thing went. And just to kind of remind viewers um, and listeners that I had this book and I have it somewhere. I couldn't find it for this episode, but um, it, it's a book where at the end you sign it, like, what are you going to do? Right. And it's kind of your own signature to kind of hold yourself accountable. And I've always thought those things are cheesy, but I actually did this one. Um, and it was like, what are you going to do to change education? So I started thinking about like different things. And I just started asking students in class. And at the time, um, Derek, you had just graduated, um, mm -hmm. right. That summer, uh, the year before that summer. Um, yeah. and you know, here's a guy who was in, uh, some of our business classes, um, was a go-getter, somebody who led, um, our students even came back and talked to them in the business club. <clears throat> We're always kind of hanging out, um, after school, working with kids, him, Dan Bevan, Kel uh, Kelvin Evans, call you guys the big three. And yeah. I just asked him, I'm like, yo, do you want me to, I, I'd love to interview people about what they want to change in school. Would you be willing to do it? And secretly, Ali, I knew he would because he's just a go-getter. So, um, and we had, this was not a podcast at the beginning. It was actually a YouTube channel. Um, it still is a YouTube channel, but um, when podcasting and Anchor came out, I think in 2018 is when I started dropping all of these on the podcast. So that's where it started. So why did you jump in on this one, Derek? <laughs> Man, I'm I'm going to go back to the, the old saying by Daniel Bevan, and this was his quote. You know, he said, a dream without action is just a wish. And I'm just going to leave that right there because, you know, thinking about that time we were in and we were thinking about all these different ideas and ways to 
uh, disrupt, right? And, and whether it was education, whether it was, uh, you know, creating a social media platform at the time, you know, been a pro, a play on words, uh, an opportunity to bring people together. You know, we understood that, you know, we could talk on it as much as we want to, but how are we going to act upon it? And so I think we had a lot of like-minded individuals around us who understood that. And we we wanted to be a part of something great, however that looked, whatever that looked like. Um, and I think what's so awesome is that from that time until now, it has then expanded upon all of our paths in which we were destined for at some point in time, right? And here we are, episode 300, talking about it. So <laughs> I, say all, I say all that to say, uh, you know, for me, looking back six years ago at that episode, uh, it, it's pretty amazing because, you know, at that time, I, I wasn't really uh, uh, focused on what other people thought about me or, you know, what what this was going to turn into, you know, is really just like, I know I have like minded individuals around me, I'm motivated, I want to be successful. And so how do I get to a point where I can continue to uh, embark on the success that I know I'm destined for. But ultimately, it, it started with the people. And, you know, with with the idea, I think, you know, I saw that you ran with it, you saw, you know, there was a different level of motivation, I feel like you had, um, you know, to because of people like Daniel Bevin and, and Kelvin, and, you know, we all had a different approach, you know, and I think that was what was so great is that we were able to bring all of our ideas together and really make it make sense in the end. So I think something that maybe people in the educational space don't realize is that there are certain like groups of students and classes of students and just the right personality mix that happens and it's like super magical and it does not happen every school year does certainly doesn't happen in every class and um I mean I know teachers who have gotten like uh entire classes you know like they've they, they've all gone out after graduation and are still in touch and 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 there's just this it's an unspeakable like bond that you can form I mean most teachers have it with like a class or two their first year teaching and then maybe they're lucky enough to have like another special group uh you again you can't really put words on it but it sounds like that's something that you had that year Peter um and along with this EF tour and it seemed like it really culminated in the start of of the podcast and the YouTube channel you know and how, and how it's grown so uh what would you say you know like looking back to for each of you again like what have you like learned the most in since starting the podcast and just Derek like you know what have you learned about yourself since that episode uh first episode which you you throw some punches in that one so uh let's go there yeah yeah I, I mean man where do I start I feel like for me it, it was um it was first off starting with like the people I had around me right that was like the starting point um you know what Mr. Osrother talked about in that first episode was, you know, having this non-traditional background, you know, and I think that really stems from uh, my music background as well. You know, I was passionate about business because of Mr. Hostrauser and he opened up that lane for me. But, you know, I don't come from this music background and, uh, you know, musicians that were classically trained. You know, I always listened to smooth jazz around the house because of my mother and my father. And because of that, I always heard the saxophone. And that's what opened up that lane for me to start music. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, fast forward into high school. Uh, Peter never knew that I was a part of the jazz band. You know, it was a parent teacher conference that pretty much 
<laughs> revealed that door right to to many folks and you know i think as the years went on um junior senior year working with real world clients and having real world experiences that not everyone is able to have at that age right that's what essentially laid the foundation for me to have that belief and that's really where it starts you know i think a lot of times when you're that age you're 15 16 17 years old it's just a lack of belief in yourself and understanding that you're capable of doing this or, oh, I have to wait until I get into the real world to do real things. And the bottom line is we're, we've always been in the real world. Right. And so that's why we have to we have to continue to bring those those ideologies into traditional education for others to understand that it's not just about reading what's on the script. We have to look at what's off the cuff, which I am a part of a group now called Off, off the Cuff, just so <laughs> happened. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the DJ firm. Uh, it's a great group that I work with now, and, and that's what we're about. So I think ultimately what you have to um, embody is this you know, idea that everything needs to be in alignment. And if it's not in alignment with what you do, uh, then you have to really be honest with yourself, right? And so I think when I look at my growth from six years ago up till now, every step of the way has continuously like brought everything closer and closer together. It's never going to be perfect. There's always going to be a little bit of rigidness or you know something that may kind of stand in your way, but how do you navigate around that, right? How do you find those tools and those gems to, you know, kind of wiggle your way through? And, um, you know, as I always say, finding a way to to, to get around the noise, right? Um, so when I think about graduating from high school, going into college, um, you know, for me, I wanted the best of both worlds. I was like, I'm still passionate about music. I'm not going to let this go. I love business because of these experiences I've had, being able to work with Coca-Cola and Hyatt I love presenting. I'm outgoing. I like collaborating with groups. And how do I bring that together? Right. So I ran into a guy by the name of Michael Zaremba at RMU, who who uh, who is still uh, he actually graduated from that from that university, Robert Morris. And so he was the director of music there at the time. And, you know, I kind of I kind of illustrated to him like this is like the environment I'm looking to be in. Like, I want to do jazz, but I'm passionate about business. He's like, you should look at Robert Morris. And the first time I came across Robert Morris was at a, a college fair, believe it or not. And I tell you, whoever they had there representing that table, like that was it for me. I was like, this is this is where I want to be. Right. It wasn't about me getting that out of state experience, staying in the dorms. And at the time, I honestly felt like that was overrated. And I know most people probably would have said otherwise. They're like, I need my freedom. Mm -hmm. I need to be away from my parents. Like, <laughs> I don't have time for this, you know. But ultimately, for me, I, I was always long term thinking. And I think part of my long term thinking really stemmed from my, my father. Uh, you know, my father always said, you know, and it resonates with me to this day. He's like, you know, this is all short lived, Derek. Like, you know, these four years of high school you're doing, you're about to go to college. This is short lived. This is not your end all be all. Understand that. And as long as I understood that, it resonated with me to this day, knowing that now, you know, I look back now and I'm like, I don't have any regrets about how I did it, the way it went down, you know, um, you know, I, I went into music at Robert Morris. And when I did that, 
I saw a track to be able to finish college at a much earlier time than a lot of my peers. I did a, I did a dual degree program at Robert Morris, which essentially allowed me to earn two degrees in three years. And for me, I knew at that time when I was 18, 19, that time was my biggest asset. And it still is to this day. And that's ultimately like, that's ultimately been what's been the driving force behind everything I've done. Every experience has led to the next thing. First off, I would never move out if I had your parents, dude. Like your parents are awesome people. <laughs> Appreciate that, um, and and they Thank are you. amazing. Um, and I do remember that parent-teacher conference uh, when we sat down um, and just, yeah. Um, a, a little story about, about Derek um, when he was in the small business management class, like you know, the kids struggle, like they had to create a t-shirt to raise uh, funds for a charity that they chose. And then they had only like 25 or so to sell. Um, and people like don't know what to do. They they don't have the confidence to make decisions sometimes. And that's part of the process of learning small business management and or entrepreneurship. And um, I remember Derek came back um, with a check like and we were like where where'd you get this check from he's like oh i was just walking up and down harlem avenue and talking to business owners oh, and that that does not happen Hallie. i'm like everybody just i still remember it was like you know the dj stopped everything the music and everybody like looked at derek after he said that and we we're just like and you know obviously the coach son of a coach in me is like that's what I'm talking about. That is taking a risk. So um, yeah. that was kind of my introduction um, to to Derek as he was, uh, you know, building his own. Um, you know, the one thing that I see when I when I go back um, and listen to a couple of the early episodes, especially number one that I've learned is to just shut up, <laughs> like and interview somebody and not like. Oh yeah, I do that. Oh yeah, you know, and and it is. It's funny, but I also show this to students now, um, and anybody who wants to start anything. Like, yeah, it was rough, man. Those were like nine minutes. Uh, we had people in there, um, Owen and Seb. They were doing the video work. Um, yeah. There was editing. I didn't edit. It was crazy. Um, sometimes we had two, three cameras in there. Um, it was after school. Um, people just trying stuff. And, and I think that's the beauty of it. So yeah. I just learned to be quiet and ask the right questions, I guess. <laughs> and evolve, like, I mean, as, as the podcast, um, has, I, I mean, the consistency that you have and continue to have with the podcast is just unmatched. Um, <laughs> From from my perspective, so Ellie <laughs> sometimes like, are we taking uh, the holiday? I'm like, no, we'll record and then I'll go ahead and put it out there during. Yeah, like the first year, I was like, do you take a week off for you know, like around Christmas time or the New Year, or like, do you ever take like a week off in the spring? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we always Every have. Week. I mean, we'll record earlier, but like, yeah. yeah, there's I always like schedule these things out, so. Yes. <laughs> It's my kind of planning, you know, um, people who, who are in my circle know that like, I'm a planner. I have months and months mapped out. I know Peter and I, when we're scheduling, he's like, can you do this date? And I like, no, instantly. Yes. No. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's, it's uh, a good balance because we're both planners in, in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, so Derek, you, well, you said a lot in, uh, your answer, which is phenomenal so much to, to pull through, but I want to, um, 
I want to go back to something that you said on episode one that I think kind of ties into some of the stuff that you were talking about. So Mm -hmm. um, you said school is set up to be one dimensional. And that just really like, I was like, oh man, it's so true. Like if I was drawing like a school and everything, I would put it on like one dimension. Um, And then you talked about how entrepreneurship gives you many dimensions. Like that, that's pretty like very wise for your age. But I'm wondering like, what made you come to that conclusion just after finishing high school? And, you know, like, what would you say about, you know, where you've kind of come from a one dimensional to now, like kind of tie more in your story? Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it goes back to the man in the middle right here, uh, Mr. Hostrauser, like, you know, I, I got to give him his flowers that as my generation would say, you know, because at the end of the day, he gave us the, the belief and the conviction to go after things that most people at that age probably would never think was allowed, allowed for, right? Because we're always being told like, what's appropriate and what we should be doing and what's best for us, right? Um. And, and the thing about Mr. Hostrauser, he allowed us to understand that, like, it, it's really your job to figure out what it is you want to do. I'm here as a as a complimentary figure to whatever it is that you're trying to go after, because I'm going to give you 110 percent of belief that I have behind whatever idea, vision it is like I knew whatever it was that we came to the table with, like Mr. Hostrauser was going to back us on that. And so I think because of that. I took that belief everywhere. I started thinking like whoever my professor Robert Morris is like (laughs) I could care less what they have to say. Honestly, like I'm going to move on my own accord um, because I knew no matter what, like I was going to be successful in whatever I I decided I wanted to do. Um, A lot of that comes from being able to fail. And that was something that I also talked about on the first episode, fail fast so you can succeed sooner. A lot of times at that age, you know, that's the one thing that you don't want to do. You don't want to fail that test. You don't you can't you can't get below a 21 on your ACT, because if you don't, you're not going to be eligible for this program and and that program. And, you know, that's the problem. The system has programmed us to think one way. And because of that, it's hard for many individuals, not all, but many individuals to think otherwise or to think that there's another way to do it. And so because of educators like Mr. Hostrauser, there is still hope in the traditional education system for us to continue to expand outside of what has been constructed. And I think because of where we are in society, we have to continue to break barriers and continue to disrupt in ways that haven't been done yet. And it's only a matter of when, because at this point you see the new integrations, you see technology is now taking over day-to-day curriculums and students are finding ways to learn and absorb information in different ways. So how do how do uh, school districts adapt to that, right? You know, that's the key right there. And I think like you look at six years ago, like that's what Mr. Hostrauser was doing. And it's just a testament to the work. If anyone listens to the podcast, it's just a testament to the work, the consistency, like and and not and not um, not buying into the message that's just been placed on on the traditional system. Like that was the thing that we also got a chance to see from Mr. Hostrauser, like he he gave us 
the 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 real like he gave us everything he was like listen this is what's going on you know in the scenes of teaching and this is what i have to deal with and but but what we realized was like that's just life it wasn't just like school that's life like you're gonna be hit with so many different things that come your way that you may or may not expect and it started to become at the age of 18 like just expect the unexpected and it's okay because you go and you do it and you do it again. And, and it's that repetition, right? I think about right after that year when I graduated, I went down to Illinois State University at the time where Kelvin Evans went to college. And we were uh, going into an entrepreneurship uh, showcase to present our social media platform that we had put together. We put a business plan together. I had Mr. Hostrauser on the uh, board of advisors, right? And we assembled all of this together. Like I was like, I want to make sure we have the right people. And I remember that first year we went down there, we didn't know what we were doing. We had no idea. Like there was no structure. There was no foundation. I mean, we just went down there swinging. We, we were confident. Like there was nothing you could tell us. But then coming back the next year, we knew what we had to do to approach the situation in a more calculated form and mm -hmm. to get that instant feedback from Mr. Hostrauser and all of our mentors that were that were supporting us. Right. It's just so big to have that in your corner, you know, so that's why I always relay that message of like, you know, stay close to those that resonated with you back during that time, because now looking back, I mean, who knows where I would be with music and, and all my other future endeavors now that I'm a part of without individuals like Mr. Disrupt Education, as I like to call him. I'm dying <laughs> here. Like, I feel, I'm so humbled, dude. Like, for real. Um, it brings back a, a lot of memories. And uh, honestly, it's yeah. it's hard to hold back um, tears, man, because um, my a lot of people don't know this, but Mr. Belpedio, Doug Belpedio, who's not yeah. really on social media, he's retired now, um, was my mentor. Yeah. Um, and... Wow. He, he was just, uh, 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 he's, he still is an amazing dude, but like as an educator, he would take unbelievable risks in the classroom. And I don't mean like damaging risks. I mean like great risks for kids and to see what happened there last year, just kind of to paint this picture alley, uh, for you and the listeners, um, it, Hyatt stepped in and we somehow, and I'll, I'll give this to Derek Purvis, um, he somehow connected with the vice, pre vice president of Hyatt. Um, and they were hiring a new, uh, vice president of marketing. Um, and she was coming from, I think USA today, um, and a couple other like big places. And she was coming into Chicago. So the, the project was where the students had to, um, create, um, a place in a, in a, in an advertising piece for, um, for Hyatt, like the entire Hyatt brand, not like, you know, the Hyatt down the street, like the Hyatt brand. And um, one of the one of the most amazing things that happened and this, I don't really say this much because like, I, I don't know, but this was, I wanted to replicate this over and over and over again. Um, the vice, uh, the sorry, the uh, VP came in and literally started handpicking teams like he saw everybody go and then he was like, I want you, 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 obviously Derek, you were in there, um, Kelvin and, um, and Dan, but he picked a lot of different people and said, 
I need you all to now you are you're the team. And he like handpicked people. And, you know, I remember talking to Doug about it. I'm like, yeah, I wonder if we'll get in trouble because in school, like, you know, you have to give everybody a shot. But he was like, everybody got a shot. And those who shown, you know, like, I don't know, I remember Drew Swope was in there. There's so many great people. Um, and they came in. Now, this is Doug's last year before he retired on a Saturday by themselves and worked on this project. And I have pictures of this. I still talk to Derek Purvis, who's still uh, teach, teaching at, at Oak Park and Air Force. It was, and and I remember when we went there and they did the 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 meeting and everything, and they did the the presentations. I remember Doug. I don't know if you remember it, Derek, but but yeah. Doug Belpedio was standing off on the side, and uh, he was almost in tears because he was like, "This is the best way to go out." Like there, I I peaked. Like this is it, and. Yeah. Um, Wow, I'm sorry, man. I didn't think I'd get emotional, ah, but um, you're good. But I, that's that started the replication. I want to replicate that. I want to work with communities. It doesn't have to be the Hyatt. It can be mom and pop store, whatever. Yeah. Um, and you guys did that. I mean, you guys did that, and so yeah. I'm forever thankful for that. Um, but again, that was part of the disrupt education story where uh you know let's go why are why i started asking why are you doing it this way what is it right and and Allie, if, if you've seen these three guys they have three very different families different backgrounds like and i'm like but they're all doing it so i'm like there's a code in here somewhere and i still you know i'm trying to find it so <laughs> it was amazing it was truly amazing and big shout out for for Hyatt taking that risk as well I mean that's what needs to be done and and that was MBA stuff that wasn't just bachelor or you know college you know um stuff that that was undergrad stuff this was MBA stuff that these kids were doing um at 17 18 some of them 16 uh, had a few sophomores in there so those types of experiences are what takes a one-dimensional um you know one track mind and opens it right i mean you can't you can't replicate something like that in the classroom mm -hmm. uh it's impossible and what's really 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 cool and from the beginning this podcast the the message at the core if you go back and listen to the first one you'll you'll hear peter and derek <laughs> talking about how it's not just go to school to go to college like that isn't working that message is in the podcast from the very first episode and you both have kind of talked about these out of school experiences peter is is i mean the the transfer of belief and the confidence building and all the stuff you do in the classroom then with the community partnerships and with these experiences that you have done throughout um, the classes that you teach is really like that, that, that untouchable, you know, uh, transformation that you get with students. And then, you know, Derek, you were part of, of that experience, but it's so interesting. Like we just did an episode not that long ago talking about, you know, what if communities in, invested um, like, in particular, uh, South Dakota, 
uh, and what impact it would have on the community that people live in five to 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And Derek, you're like five to 10 years later, right? <laughs> and that impact is, it it's still there, right? Like that, I'm going to guess, and you can, you can kind of add to this, was a probably a, a core memory and a peak educational experience. I can't imagine, I mean, I'm sure you've probably had a, a few of those, hopefully in your educational career, but that's probably up there. If So, you know, kind of talk about that and, you know, just what, what you would kind of describe as kind of, you know, peak educational moments. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, by, by far, like it's, it's by far, like it's the tipping point. Like it's, it's like the climax of like, okay, we, we've got something great here. Like, that's the one thing, like once we graduated, like, I was like, I know we got something great here, regardless of what the end outcome is like greatness is bound to happen. Like it was just only a matter of when it's only a matter of when, because I, I kid you not from that time, uh, you know, that was the first. So just to back back it up for a second, I was the president of the business club, the first business club ever at Oak Park River Forest High School. And to be able to bring those like-minded individuals in the fold and now see what we're all doing, right? You look at my myself, Kelvin Evans, Daniel Bevan, we assembled a social media platform and from there have now went into our own paths, right? Because of that project we were working on and that belief that was sown from my high peak ed- educational experience, Daniel Bevan is now a full-time entrepreneur. He's a web coder. He's a web developer. Kelvin Evans, he's now established his own health company, Lightbody Herbals. Shout out to Lightbody Herbals, creating products across nationwide for those who are looking to better their health through CMOS. I myself am a musician. I've actually established my LLC back in December of 2020, which, as you know, was the heart of the pandemic. And I will say, because of that peak experience in education and with Mr. Peter Hostrauser, that allowed me to build the the mindset to really like understand that I can go through any battle that's put in front of me, you know, hands down. And I say that now because, um, you know, even before then, I was doing a lot of group oriented work. I was performing in bands. You know, I, I, I played in the jazz ensemble at Oak Park um, and eventually played in the jazz band in college, which was great. Um, but I knew I always wanted to do something a little bit outside that. Like I always knew it was something, but I didn't know exactly what it was going to be. I started networking with different artists around the city. Uh, one of them actually went to Oak Park River Forest uh, High School. And that was like the, the stepping stone for me to start working with individual artists around the city and being able to collaborate with different musicians outside of a band format or a band structure, right? And similar to the traditional education system, the one thing that always resonated with me about music was the idea of music theory. Music theory to me felt like math class. It felt like mm. I had to I had to follow a certain structure to get the answer right, or otherwise it was deemed upon as like this isn't this isn't the right way to do it. And for me, what I would say is I've created my own rules with music because now I play all different genres of music. I don't follow one format or one way of of doing it, right? Because there's multiple ways of doing it. And music is the universal language of life. It's what brings us all together, whether we're a performer, a listener, right? And so because of that peak educational experience, 
I've now been able to transfer those skill sets into my business, which is now transferred into me performing for over 150 plus solo events around the Chicagoland area and outside of the Chicagoland area. I've, I've had the pleasure of being able to tour. I've had the pleasure of working with several different artists, whether that's through WGN News, Taste of Chicago, Chicago Cubs, right? And these are things that like, if you told me six years ago, I was going to be on a tour and, oh man, I'm about to go uh, play for, for Wyclef John, right? And, and Lupe Fiesco and all these amazing artists. Like, I would have never, I would have never imagined that, but you know, that's what, that's what the power of God had bestowed upon me and, and, and the educational experience. And for me, it was just a matter of like the opportunities in front of me, you just got to go get it now. That's it. You just got to put in the work, put your head down and, 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 and make it happen. And that's the one thing that I will say is that, you know, when you go to high school to get your, your diploma, to go to college and get a degree, it doesn't guarantee you anything. Like you still have to put in the work and you have to understand that it's a process. See, we live in this society now where we want this instant gratification and things to happen so quickly. And it doesn't it doesn't work like that. That's the reality. And there's a lot of things that uh, Mr. Peter Hosterhauser and myself, we've been through that we've done closed doors that people don't see, you know, Saturday grinding on a Saturday to prepare for a presentation. How many people do you know are going to do that or make those type of sacrifices? That's really what it that's what it ultimately boils down to when you when you want to try to, uh, I guess, differentiate yourself from the from the uh, from the pack, as, as I like to call it. You know, you want you want to find a way to find your niche and, and really bring out the superhero in yourself because we all have it. You just got to tap into it. That's that's the bottom line. And that's what that's what that peak educational experience brought, you know, for me and where I am now. There's yeah. I mean, there there are times that a lot of people don't see. And thank you for bringing that up there, because there yeah. there were times where within the system we were blocked. And um, do you remember the community Wi-Fi project, Derek? Oh, 100 percent. Do so I? we were uh, establishing, you know, one of the administrators there was like, yo, we need to work with our community. So I'm like, yeah, let's step in. And yeah. this was basic business club stuff. It was a lot of volunteer work. And we were helping set up the what was the OPRF for the Oak Park um, community Wi-Fi. So at the time, like Wi-Fi um, was evolving. Um, it was rather expensive at home. Um, we have the gamut of students uh, socioeconomically. So what we were looking at doing is getting our businesses involved to where students could go to their businesses. Hence, they would get on their Wi-Fi um, and were able to hang out there. Yet there were rules, you know, kids couldn't like, you know, be rowdy or loud or anything or disrupt business or anything like that. And we put this together and it was a two year process. And this was exciting because, Derek, you guys were the first year and then the second year. And I remember you all came back and they were presenting to the board mm -hmm. um, and the board of education was like kind of ho-hum about it. Um, and this was a big this was visionary stuff that the students were coming up with. And we got one, I think, maybe two places, the library and another uh, business involved where we were setting up <clears throat> their their routers and everything. And this we're doing this during our lunch periods and before and after school. Um, and I remember I'll never forget one of the one of the board members kind of laughed in an arrogant way. And this was the second year. 
Um, these guys started it, but then there was another group of students working diligently on it and they did a great job. Um, several of them went to great colleges, including Georgetown and a couple of different places. Um, he was like, huh, what do you think we're going to have classes at a Starbucks? Little did he know that 2020 happened and we do have classes at Starbucks, but these kids had that vision like, and that, that to me, that was a huge blocker. I remember we walked out in the hall. These guys were extremely angry. They were like, you know, a couple of choice words and like, screw this place. But it was actually, you know, that, that comes along with all these things that we're learning. Um, of course I was angry. Of course I was, I was hurt that, you know, wait, somebody on the board didn't believe that this could work um, and still wanted to go the traditional route, which whatever, everybody's allowed, you know, their their opinion. But to me, that gave me more fuel because it was these young people with a vision and they they were acting on it and it was working. Hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the, the project fizzled out because there's no funds or no other people, you know, working on it. But um, it was pretty amazing and it was way in front of our time and to me in education the future is the students in in and around the school they know they know what's coming they know a lot faster these guys introduced me to gary v i mean it's like this is they know and you know that's that's the amazing part about it so when you get to that peak though i think that was one of the things that you know you know derek doesn't you know we don't talk about those are the things that happen behind closed doors is there are big slaps in the faces. I had teachers, honestly, in my own school, yeah. laughing at me, walking down the hall saying, what are you going to disrupt next? Like, no lie. Like, I'm a, in a junior in high school. I'm a grown man doing this stuff, you know, taking risks. Yeah. And and you have to learn. You have to just, you, you've got to go through it just like the students. And um, man, I mean, I don't know. I get some weird energy from it, I guess. Or maybe I've just gone upstairs. But uh but yeah, I mean, it it was there was a lot of lot going on um, when we started this whole thing, um, and man, just blessed, blessed to be here right now. I mean, this is great. Absolutely. The one thing I will add in the the parallel where this all comes together, you know, Mr. Hostrauser and I, we felt comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, we were gonna go down swinging together, regardless of what the end result was, like we weren't ducking each other or anything like we were going to be there for each other no matter what and you know when 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 you when you come in with a different approach it, it definitely you know you can tell it it throws people off you know because they're not accustomed to this to this style of or approach you know you know i think about deon sanders right now coaching over at colorado mm -hmm. he's bringing his own approach to the table and no one's ever seen it so in some eyes, it's it's scaring people because they're like, wow, he's really doing this. And that's that's what we were doing six years ago. And like you said, people just didn't see it back then. But look at where we are now. Now it's become normalized to step into a Starbucks and have a, a podcast and, and talk to someone, you know, in, on an open invite. So I say all that to say, like, <laughs> you know, we, we we're just we're just looking to disrupt and, and continue to find ways to innovate and change people's perspective you know mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to i mean i think what's really really cool about the story and sharing it is that for 
we, we, we talked to so many amazing guests, people doing incredible things that sometimes can feel out of reach mm-hmm. um, for listeners and for, for people who want to disrupt education. But I, I kind of, I think diving into this Hyde experience now, yes, that, that creates certain circumstances, but a peak educational experience that gets a student in front of any kind of business owner or out in the real world doing a project, exposing them outside of the four walls of their classrooms can be the peak educational experience. It doesn't have to be, you know, a whole year long thing, but putting a project or putting a community partnership, starting small and growing from there that one day, that one class, that one experience can really make a difference. And so this idea of, you know, like, even if it's a failed project, failed in quotes, even if it doesn't work out the way that you think it's going to, it's that persistence to try. And at some point, it's going to create something beautiful. And so for educators in particular, administrators, or people just feeling like, oh my gosh, what can I do? There's so many blockers. There's so many barriers um, where I'm at. Is that there's there's got to be something that can be done, and and it could turn a mind. It could turn a couple minds. It could it could be that tipping point that, I mean, Derek, you went through, and 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 it's really blossomed. And then you have Peter who set that kind of stuff in motion, and in your a mentor who set it into motion for you, right? Like there's always this, this tipping point, this experience, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be high it. Um, it can, it can just be thinking about something that you never thought about before understanding the behind the scenes stuff, not just making it so much of a performance, which is oftentimes mm-hmm. what I felt school was like. And that one dimensional kind of like, you know, you're an, you're watching these actors, you're not really an active participant, you're going through the show of education, and then the the scene's over, and where's your role in it? And I think helping students find a role um, is something that, I mean, guest upon guest that we've had that are former students or current students of Peter's have, have shared, so it's obviously like something that you have done, Peter, and continue to do to it, to sow those seeds and um, the podcast being like an, an out uh, birthing of, of, of that kind of like classroom experience. So I did have uh, another kind of question for you, Derek, from the first episode is, okay, you talk about entrepreneurship back in the episode and it sounds like you've gone through a lot of experience since then. So what would you say about entrepreneurship now versus kind of what you said on episode one, which was, you know, that you were an entrepreneur and you are trying out new things and it was, it was, you know, the short, short little clip about it, but what would you say about it now? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, when I think about my generation and, you know, I'm sure even your generation, like, you know, we we crave time freedom. Like we understand that, like, we don't get this moment back. Right. So 
how can we find lanes or opportunities that are going to open up those doors to be able to do that? I believe that entrepreneurship is one of the biggest, if not the biggest vehicle to getting that opportunity in life to be able to expand your horizons and really come and go as you please, right? Um, the one thing I always knew when I when I did that episode and at that time, I always wanted to have multiple outlets, right? When you look at college, it wasn't just college, it was college, music, me going out to rehearsals in between classes, graduating within three years, going off into sales, which was something that I realized was a parallel in a way because um, being on the phone, it was like, the, the ability to improv and not know what's going to be asked of you on the phone and being able to react at the spur of the moment. So finding ways to bring everything together um, ultimately then led me to entrepreneurship with music and understanding that, you know, I believe, you know, my goal is to impact as many people as possible uh, through the universal language. Right. And so for me, it's, it's being able to read a room, understand like, you know, how do I how do I make this a space for everyone to feel welcomed? Right. And I believe entrepreneurship allows you to do that. There's no um, set of guidelines that you have to follow. Right. It's it's what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And for me, like I've been able to observe that from other people in my circle who are now entrepreneurs, um, whether it's a barber that I've worked with, whether it's my my brother, Daniel, you know, um, and seeing his path and what he had to do to make those sacrifices. And what's so cool is that we're actually working together now because of that. Like he saw the vision in me. He saw that, man, you know, DG, I see you've got it, man. You've been putting out the content. You've been consistent. You haven't let anything stand in your way of building that progress. You know, I believe I can come in and be a complimentary figure to what you're doing. And what's so awesome about entrepreneurship is the ability to be able to collaborate with those around you in any way possible, you know, and finding the right partnerships. And that's what we've essentially done. We've been able to establish a partnership through entrepreneurship, which has then stemmed into an opportunity for me to also uh, help him in ways too. you know, like he wanted to learn like, the sales side of like, how do I, how do I sell a musician or how can I help manage a musician and making sure they have all the proper things on the back end? Because what entrepreneurship also does is, you know, we're problem solvers. And I think that's the key. You want to be in a position where you can be a problem solver. Where I realized there was a problem is that there's so much talent in Chicago, but a lot of times it's the ego that we allow to get in the way of what's more important and not having the business side organized and not understanding like having systems in place so that you know how to organize your finances and being able to reach out to the proper booking and management and things like that. So, you know, these are all things that like I had to learn on the fly, but then having someone like Daniel in my corner who has been there, he's built the skill sets. You know, he's like, hey, why don't you implement this program Airtable? This will be your internal calendar. You'll know, you know, who paid you, when they paid you, what time your gig's going to be at, uh, you know, what time do you need to arrive for sound check? Like that way, you know, these details on the back end. So now it's like, you know, what's next? Like, I think that's the great part, too. Now you've solved one problem. What else could we solve? Right. And so, um, you know, entrepreneurship is something that. Uh, I believe also can can provide longevity. And when you look at uh, the grand scheme of what we do in life, you know, we we want to try to leave something behind. At least I do. You know, I, I can't speak for everyone. But for me, it's about impacting the masses. Right. Understanding that we have a generation that's to come after us. So what are we going to do while we're here now to make that impact? 
and to allow that to, uh, you know, manifest into something greater than ourselves. Sounds like you've had some very good experiences. Like the, the, the answer you gave, you know, six years ago, it yeah. was this like vision casting answer, which is beautiful. And it's like, just ripe with possibility. And now you've like had all of these experiences to kind of like land on what you thought entrepreneurship was and like grow into it. And it's going to be incredible to see like in six years, you know, like what kind of answer you'll have. I know just, think, <laughs> just thinking about it as we're talking about it now, it's like, I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, wow, we got, we got to run this back on episode 500. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just got me excited. Cause you know, and I think that's where, you know, Mr. Hostiles and I, we relate, you know, we're always thinking about like the next thing. But the one thing we do talk about as well is being present, right? Like being present within the journey and not being so quick to think about what's what's the next step. Um, because while you're present, there's so much to appreciate. And what we're now doing right here is we're reflecting on, you know, the, the fruits of our labor and the things that we've been able to sow, those seeds that we were able to sow five, six, seven years ago. Um, look what that's evolved into. You know, I've seen the growth from Mr. Hostrauser. I mean, he's... He's the social media guru now, as far as I'm concerned, like, you know, we'll bounce ideas off of one another. He's talking about chat GPT and someone would look at him now, my age and be like, what? This guy doesn't know about chat GPT. What is this? What is this about? Like, you know, like, oh, this is a new thing that we're using, you know? And so it's just really cool to see like the, the openness and the willingness to want to learn, right. And that desire, you know, that you have, that's, what's ultimately going to continue to propel education forward. And I understand more now why you've stayed in the system that you've stayed in, because like you even told me yourself, you're like, I can't leave, you know, I can't leave these students behind. Like, this is my duty. Like, this is my calling, you know, and in the most literal, literal point to that, like, I'll never forget you even mentioned this. You're like, I've been at OPRF for X amount of years. I've never been to a high school graduation since I've been here, but I will be coming to your graduation. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget that because since that moment, it's like, I've never been left behind, you know, like I have someone that's really in my corner. And I think when you know, you got that, speaks volumes like people don't understand like how impactful that can be long term i would i would say you know i think ali our our final question is usually you know what would you change about high school right yeah. um i'm gonna give my like quick piece here on that because i don't like i'm just gonna come at it from an, a teacher's point of view and everything you said <clears throat> man i'm getting like beclemmed here it's like like for real like um there have been moments, right? And, you know, people come and go from the profession all the time. And that's fine. I mean, you know, um, but I think if if you feel like this is a thing that that you want to do, um, you've got to have these conversations with previous students, you got to, um, you don't have to have a podcast, you don't have to have like, you know, all social media or whatever, but, you know, in reunions and things like that, where you can sit down or just maybe, yeah, you know, have a phone call or, you know, have the students come in and talk to your students. Um, 
And y'all weren't the best students. I mean, let's be honest, like these guys, I mean, I, I don't know what your average GPA was, but it was not 4.0. Okay. Oh, no. I'll just keep oh, that no. there. <laughs> um, and Derek, I think you were the highest GPA. So I'll just give you that. But, um, but like, it, that's beyond the point. Um, I think every educator out there, administrator, whoever you are, that's in the system or even outside the system, you know, and, and Al, you still have, we still have conversations with your students. I mean, we've had a few on as well, which you can still learn from, not necessarily always just in the system, but have these conversations that will, it will give you a lot more of a empathetic look into what's happening that you don't see because you have 125 students every semester that you have to, you know, kind of guide through this process. Um, and these conversations and Derek and I are still having them on uh, LinkedIn live. I mean, we're just creating and, and it's because it's a part of who we are, but yeah. those conversations still kind of stem from music, back and forth to education so so i will ask you derek yeah you're you're the person who will we'll kind of round out here yeah how would you seeing from way back 2016 yeah. when you're on day one to 300 is there something you would change in education from what you initially kind of said in that yeah that's a great question i, I think for me you know with everything we've talked about here, I believe like creating a, a cohort, right? Creating a group of individuals that the next generation can really lean on, right? And have those open conversations with no judgment, no thought in their mind about what is this person gonna think of me if I ask this question? I feel that high school, you know, being in high school, that was like half of the battle. We were always concerned about the next person, what they were going to say and keeping a status. Right. And putting that ahead of what's really more important. And, and that's that's the that's the lessons and what we're trying to learn here. You know, why not take a group who has been in the real world, has had X, Y and Z experiences, so to say, and be able to transfer that knowledge back to the next generation that's right behind them and you know, really make it more of an even playing field too, where, you know, this generation that maybe graduated from the same uh, high school can be a part of this cohort, come back in, talk to students about what they're learning and also talk about what they're experiencing, you know, years out, not too, too far removed from high school. Right. And I think, you know, someone like myself, I haven't been too, too far removed from high school yet, but when I look at it, I'm like, wow, like I could go back to my high school now and be able to share these experiences with students who understand that I can relate to them too, because I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, like I'm looking at the same stuff that you all look at and I'm not too far away from where you all are right now. So understand that what, what I'm doing is more, you're more than capable. Never think that you're out of it. Like understand that you're capable and being able to build that belief, right? A belief system, whether that's in the form of a cohort, whether that's in the form of the, the board of advisors, whoever that needs to be, we have to construct something that's going to allow us to disrupt that one dimensional way of thinking 
and really allow people to understand that there's so many different ways to approach different situations. And we have to be able to also meet people where they are in a sense to where not everyone's going to learn or grasp the concepts in the same manner. Why not have five or 10 individuals that have completely different mindsets can come and talk to those students and find that alignment so that perhaps they can learn things sooner rather than later, you know? And I think because of someone like yourself, Ms. Ostrauser, I was able to learn a lot of things sooner before they happened, you know? Mm. I was able to learn a lot of things sooner before it came about. And I was able to avoid a lot of mistakes early on and be able to get over those hurdles sooner rather than later. And I believe that's helped my progress a lot. I thank you for that. And I think that's the way the system needs to change. And as long as disrupt education is around, it's going to, it's going to happen. So it's only a matter of when. Allie, you got to take us out with your last thought, your final thoughts on 300. It's going to be tough to surprise this one. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just absolutely ah. incredible to see like where it started, hear more about the beginning of this whole Disrupt Education podcast. I'm honored to be a part of it. And I think the big takeaway um, that I am, I'm leaving with is the, the power of being in alignment, sowing seeds that um, you, you're not worried about where they're going to grow, but you're planting on good fertile soil as an educator. And like, if you are an educator, that work is is present um and and just this idea of alignment and that when you find your class your lane your group of students this cohort idea and you're working so well together because you're on the same track like lean into that so for does that special and it's not every year it's not every class and and so when you find that, that really, really lean into it for anybody who's like in, in that, like if they are like, okay, what should I stop? Or is this enough? I mean, if you've got the ability to, to pour more into, to that special, um, sauce, do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Be my, my kind of final thoughts mm -hmm. for this very, very special episode um thank you so much derek for coming back yeah and um i i'm sure we'll have you on again because it's you're the start 100 percent. yeah and i do honestly um thank you derek and if you guys catch lives on um on linkedin we're there uh, i'm likely going to drop them on youtube sometime here uh, when i get time but ali i do want to thank you because there are several times when um this is hard. This is hard work. Um, and it doesn't, you know, always, you know, pay you back every minute, but, um, I would have not been here. Um, I would have not made 300 without you. So, um, so thank you. Um, because of, well, why not? Right. My worst class in high school, Derek was chemistry. It was my worst grade. Why not bring a chemistry teacher who just quit and jumps out of airplanes? It's, it's <laughs> perfect. I love so, um all jokes aside Allie thank you so much for your lens um it is amazing and and it's here's to 300 more so um appreciate you guys uh again Derek Griffin thank you so much head back to the first one 
Uh, you'll see all my screw ups, uh, his dreams and visions. Allie won't be there, but you know, um, but for Allie Privet, I'm Peter Hostrasser. Thank you all. We can't get to 300 without your support and, and you all listening. Uh, until 301, we'll catch you next time on Disrupt Education. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Disrupt Education Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you ready to disrupt the educational arena you're a part of? For more ways to get involved in the work we do here at Disrupt Education, check us out at disrupteducation.co or find us on LinkedIn at Peter Hostrosser or Ali Privet. Our mission here is to help facilitate and amplify changes in the educational system through local initiatives and help you scale them into community movements. Our building network of disruptors in education are working to move beyond scores and grades as the only measure for student learning. If your school district, college, campus, or organization is looking for facilitators of this work, reach out on our website or social media. And if you have any thoughts or feedback on this week's episode or any episode, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep pushing the boundaries, taking risks, and most importantly, disrupting education.